Welcome to the Authors Who Lead podcast. This podcast is dedicated to you, people who want to be inspired by authors, leaders, and the messages they share. This is such an important podcast to us because we help uncover what goes on behind the scenes when authors are writing their book. We talk about the process. We talk about where they get big ideas, and you can listen in on those conversations. We can't wait for you to join us. So let's get started. Hey, everybody. Asul Throat is here. Welcome back to another episode of Authors Who Lead. Today, we're going to be talking about writing. Yes, writing. I know we talk about it with authors, but today we're going to take questions from listeners just like you, and we're going to figure out what we can do to help you finally get the book you wanted to write done. According to an article in the New York Times, 81% of Americans say they have a book inside of them, but only 3% ever actually finish a book. And of that 3%, only 30% hit publish. So we're talking a fraction of 1% ever actually see their book into the world. Though they might have good intentions, they get stuck. When it comes to writing a book, clarity is one of the most important things you need. And so I've asked our listeners, what were some of the challenges you have when you go to write your books? Steve and I have been working really hard to create a method here, and we call it the Prism Pathway to Publishing. And what we realize is that the most important thing that people need is clarity. So what if you have a great book idea? Maybe you have several ideas, but maybe you don't know which one to choose. Or maybe you're not sure how it's supposed to start or even finish. It doesn't really matter if you have a good book idea if it doesn't get written. A finished bad book idea that's published is way better than a good idea or even a great idea that sits inside your head in a notebook or on your hard drive. So today I answer questions from you, the listeners, to help solve some of the problems that I do with my clients to get people unstuck. So listen in. We're going to have a great time hearing from you. Hi, Azul. My name is Jolene and I live in Wilmington, North Carolina. I became financially independent and I quit my quote unquote career in 2020 at age 45. In the last uh, 21 years, I've been a scientist, a lab manager, and a global leader in three of the largest chemistry and life science companies in the world. And my writing challenge is that there's two different books that I want to write, and I struggle with which one I should start with. So the first is what I would call a safe book. So a book on my niche, so a how-to guide on wine storage, as it could be a product that I could add to my current affiliate website and supplement my new podcast on Bordeaux wines, or I could write a book about the transition that I'm going through, so pivoting and finding purpose in midlife when transitioning from a career, a corporate career, into an entrepreneurship and and financial independence. So that's my challenge. Thanks so much, Azul. Love your podcast. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Jolene, for asking that question. It's a really pertinent question. Many of you might be out there thinking, gosh, I have a couple of book ideas and I'm not sure which one I should start with. On the one hand, this book idea is a really good one, but then this one is too. And I have a good reason for doing both. So how do I decide which is the right book to start with? And here's the advice I give my clients. So Jolene, here's what I would tell you. Number one, you want to pick the book that gets you most excited now. I know it seems like it's wise to pick the most practical book first, but the truth is writing a single book is hard. Planning for writing two is really difficult. So imagine that you could only write one. There was only one book you could write that you weren't getting another chance to do it. Which one would you choose now? Again, don't try to get so caught in your head about practicalities. 
Think about the one that you have the most energy towards, the one that excites you and lights you up, the one that if it were out in the world, you'd feel great. That's the one I'd start with. And the reason is, is that when you start the writing process, you're going to find yourself hitting parts that are difficult. And people describe writer's block as this thing that keeps them from writing. But the truth, writer's block comes from not having this clarity because sometime in the middle, one of those other books will start to find their way inside of the book you're currently writing. I often tell my writing clients that books often like to come in pairs or triplets. When they notice one book is being born, the other one says, wait, what about me? I should be coming onto the page too. So authors make the mistake of trying to combine books or overfill books with ideas or topics that then begins to make it unclear for readers what you're trying to tell them. So my advice, Jolene, pick the one that gets you most excited. That'll be the best book to start with, no matter what the purpose of the book is. Hello, Coach Azul. My name is Olga. Thank you very much for this opportunity. I have been wanting to write a book for as long as I can remember. And I even started writing it about 10 years ago, and then I just stopped and haven't been able to take it again. I have so many questions. I would like to know how can I continue? What do I need to self-publish? Is this expensive? Should I do it in, in English or Spanish? I have many questions and many challenges as well. I would like to have the opportunity to work with you. That would be wonderful. And I first saw you in a TEDx talk here in my country in Dominican Republic. This was a few years ago. It was such a wonderful TED talk. Wow. And since then, I have been following you. I, have, I relate a lot with what you said at that time and how you cared for your students and the way you take care of everyone. So again, thank you and hope to hear from you soon. Olga, thank you so much. Such great questions. And thank you so much for reminding me of where we met in Dominican Republic in Santo Domingo, where I gave a TED Talk several years ago, four years ago now, and has really made an impact on me. We'll be talking more about that book or the, a TED Talk because I'm writing a book based on that TED Talk, which I'm excited about. We'll be hearing more about that from me, about my own writing journey, the challenges I've had. And I appreciate you, Olga, bringing that to my attention. So let's answer your question. So the first part of the question is, how do I self-publish? Now, many of you listen here, you hear authors, you think, wow, they must have a lot of help. And that's often true. If you have a publisher, they take care of all the details for you. But we also have many self-published authors that come on my show. And that's how I started being a self-published author. And one of the things that's great to know is that it is free for you to publish your book on Amazon. They have a program for publishing and it's called KDP. It's the, uh, the platform they use to put both eBooks, Kindles, and paperback books in print. And the great thing about it is that you're able to upload your file and your cover, and then it becomes um, something known as print on demand, which means if somebody orders your book, they run copies of it and actually print one single book and ship it to that person. So you don't have to have a big inventory of books sitting in your garage that you paid a lot of money for and trying to sell these books and mail them one, one at a time. You can have Amazon do it for you. And for that, they take a percentage of the fees. And it's really nice because it doesn't cost you a thing to set it up and Amazon delivers it for you. It's an incredible way to share and publish a book. So that's the first thing I'll say. Self-publishing is not expensive except for things like editing and cover design. You'll want to know more about that. And I'll be talking more about how you can get a cover design based on your budget as well as editing and how to look for good editors. But just know that it's free to self-publish, especially if you use platforms like Amazon, which is really great. Now, your second part of your question is, should I do this in English or Spanish? I always encourage people to write in their, the language they feel more comfortable with. But if you're trying to impact a 
audience, let's say you really want to impact a audience in the English speaking world, uh, America is probably the biggest book market that there is. You want to write in English. You could always get editors to help improve your English so that it sounds better if you're not a native speaker. Then you could always translate your work into the native language. It's a smaller market sometimes in Spanish markets, and you have to work in mul multiple countries to make up the volume you would have in English. So it's definitely important to consider who your target audience is. If you really want to impact Spanish speaking people, then maybe start with the Spanish version. But if you'd rather start with the English and have a bigger impact in the English-speaking world, start with that one. Again, editors can help you do this, and even people can help you translate it if you don't speak the language that you're trying to translate into. It just costs money to have people help you. Or maybe you have a friend that knows the language you're trying to target in, and they can help you. So my encouragement is, first think about your target audience. Think about the language you're most comfortable in. And at the very least, don't worry too much. Editors can always make your book better, no matter what language you speak in, as long as they are proficient in the language that you're trying to get your book edited into. That's a great question, Olga, and I appreciate you reminding me of the time we met in Dominican Republic for the TED Talk. Azul, my name is Deontay Young. I definitely plan on writing a book in 2021, have not yet done so. The challenges that I face with writing a book is knowing what to do before writing the book. I was told that I need to do some level of marketing and positioning, having an email list, things like that. Also, what goes into the construction of the book? I know I need cover designers, multiple editors for the inside, copy editors, layout editors, things like that. This is just from reading some of Pat Flynn's content. But I'm very concerned about that because I do want it to be received professional in a professional way. So Azul, I would greatly appreciate it if you can give me some guidance on this. Thank you, sir. Deontay, thank you so much for your question. It's so important that when you're thinking about writing a book, that you don't try to get overwhelmed by all the details of what it takes to write the book. Yes, you do need to have editors, and we'll talk about the different types of editors there are in just a moment. Somebody who designed the cover, somebody who can lay it out in the interior so that it looks like a book, somebody who knows how to maybe convert it to a PDF so it can be uploaded, or if it's an ebook, how to make the ebook file. There are a lot of moving parts to a book, but I don't want you to worry about all that stuff. The first thing to worry about is, do I have a finished manuscript? Do I have something to work with? If I don't, those are all questions for someone who has a finished book. So Deontay, if your book's finished, you're in the right spot. And I'll talk about what those editors and steps are. But don't worry about it. If you haven't written a book, you can really get caught in your head by thinking about book marketing, editing, design, where do I put this, landing pages, websites, and all those things are relatively unnecessary unless you actually have your book written. Let's get down to what is it, what parts of a book do you need to make it look professional? Because that's your goal. You don't want to work for months or weeks or years writing a book that then doesn't look professional. You've seen those books. They look like basically something that someone put together and slapped on a simple cover and they don't look professional. So here's the things of um, order of importance that I would worry about if I were publishing a book. Number one, getting good editing. Editing a book is one of the most important thing, important things because People read a book and they, the moment they see mistakes, they forget what they're thinking about. They forget that this is actually meant for them. So you want to spend most of your money up front on editors. And there's several types of editors. Now, you don't need to use all of these editors, but the truth is if you only use one editor, you're going to find missed opportunities for your book. And I'll tell you why. Number one, you want to use somebody to help you get structural advice about the flow of your book. Does this message work for my intended reader? Those big picture editors are often called substantive or developmental editors. Those editors' job is to help you make sure that this book flows and actually has a cohesive message. They worry about 
if there's missing parts? Is it consistent? Does the overall message have a theme? They try to help you get clarity about those things, similar to what I talked about earlier, clarity about the book's path. That's why we, the pathway is so important. Once you have that clear and you feel like you have a good solid manuscript, the next persons to get in line are both copy and line editors. Those two editors go from chapter level to get it edited right, down to paragraph level, down all the way to line level. And they're editing for structure, tone, grammar, things like that, consistency. They're trying to make it sound better. And then when it's done through those series of editors, it goes lastly to a proofreader. That editor's job is to look for mistakes and punctuation, uncaught spelling errors or misusage of words like here and here, which are spelled two different ways sometimes, the here that you have here right now and the here like hearing from your ear. Those could be correctly spelled but be used wrong. So they're looking for mistakes. Now, all of those editors have different roles and each of them can charge a different price. Now, there are times where somebody who is a line editor can also do copy editing. But in between each of those steps, you have to take some action as the author by answering questions the editor has or making some choices. So you have to be involved in the process often. But as you notice, each of these editors have a different role. And you want to be certain you understand that. Now, the fewer editors you use, the cheaper it'll be. But the truth is, the less polished it'll be as well. So just know that's part of the process. That's why it's such a big investment on publisher's side to take on a client. And if you are fortunate enough to get a publishing contract, they're going to spend the bulk of their money trying to make the book read well, sound right, hit the target audience, right? So that's what you want to focus on. Now, the next biggest thing you want to focus on, Deontay, is the cover. Now, look, the cover signals to the reader, this is for me. So if it's a book of fiction, you have to think about what genre is this in? Is this in, uh, is this a horror genre? Is this a murder mystery? Is this a young adult novel? Each of those covers would be totally different because if you designed a cover just because it looked pretty, but it didn't match the genre, then people are going to think it's one thing and then get surprised when it's not. So you want to really think about cover design. It's really important. The fastest way to tell a book if it's not professionally designed is the cover. That's how you purchase the book, right? And these days, most books are purchased on Amazon. And those little images are sometimes the size of a stamp on your phone or on the computer. So you don't have a lot of area to mess around because they're going to scroll right past your book if it looks like it's designed inexpensively or not professionally. There's ways you can make professional looking books even without having a big budget, but you have to know what those pieces are. And then lastly, I would say you have to be able to have someone lay it out to look beautiful, someone who knows how to make interior design work, as well as to make it formatted for printing. Because remember, printing is a format where every other page is a different format because the indent's different, right? The center of a page where the fold is, that's where those two pages have different indentions, right? Different margins. So all those things matter. And there's lots of pieces to this. And that's why we offer programs for authors to help them through this entire process. How do I get my book from I have a manuscript all the way through to published? And we really want you to know how to do that well so that you will be taken seriously because more than likely, if you're writing a book, you want to use it for something big. You don't necessarily just want to put it out there and have it do nothing. You want to gain readers or build a coaching program or build some more authority so you can get a better paying job or position, or maybe you want to actually start to make a marketing world and do your own TED Talk. So I, I want to encourage you to think about all those steps. And again, don't worry about any of these steps if you haven't yet written your book. That's one of the most important first steps. Hi, what a great idea. My name is Sylvian James. And yeah, I've been writing for the last three years, working on the same book. And I think my greatest challenge is not really the writing. The writing is easy. It's 
being authentic when you write, having your voice when you write, and having the confidence to be yourself when you write. I, I believe this is one of the most challenging part of it. There is always this little head uh, sometimes poking through your consciousness that says that people will uh, think that it's not good enough or you won't write things that are easy to understand or been said before. Whatever the little ugly voice is telling you. And as much as you want to shut it up, because you do want to shut it up, it might be lurking around. And I find for myself, it's a, it's not the writing itself, it's the finding your voice when you write, being authentic. Sylvia, what a great question. So many of you feel like writing, perhaps just like Sylvia, comes pretty naturally that sitting down to write isn't the hard part. The words seem to come out and you're putting pages after pages down, but maybe you're questioning like Sylvia, if this is the actual right voice, is this what I'm trying to say? And are people going to understand me? Are they going to hear me and trust that this is truly who I am? And that voice that comes to you that says I'm not good enough is uh, really a writer's struggle. But you got to remember that writing is only about this moment. You can't write about what people will respond to it. That's not up to you. How people respond to it is up to them. If they like it, that's their choice. If they don't, that's their choice as well. You can only write the best book you can, get the best advice about publishing it, and put it in the world. What they think of you is none of your business. That's their business. So you can't really worry too much about what they think. But I can help you find your authentic voice. So here's one of the things you can do if you're struggling, like Sylvia, to find your authentic voice. One of my friends and confidants and sometimes book supporter, coach, I've used in the past is Charlie Hohen. He wrote a book called Play It Away, and it's a really great book. But he told me, when you sit down to write, I want you to write it like you're writing a letter to a friend. And in fact, I encourage you, Sylvia, to put the ideal name of the person you're writing to and say, Dear Sewell, and write it like a letter. You find your true voice when you actually feel like you're talking to someone. If you try to sound like a book, like another author, you end up sounding more artificial, less like yourself. And we're reading a book because we want to be inspired, learn something, get connected, solve a problem. But we really want to do that with people we know and trust. So if they can't hear your authentic voice, they might close the book or not turn the page or maybe not even recommend it to a friend. Those things are far worse than if they leave you a bad review or don't, quote, think it's good. None of that matters. What you want to have happen is a reader go, wow, that person really is talking to me. They really get me. And the best way I know how to is to write to one single person. And to do that, write a letter. That'll help you as you're writing, not try to think of every person that could possibly read your book and focus on the one in your mind that is ideal, the person you really want to write this for. I hope that helps, Sylvia. And thank you so much for leaving your question. Uh, we'll be doing this again, asking for you to leave uh, questions for us. So you can always go to authorswholead.com and learn about the cool interviews and guests that we have. I want to ask a plead. Now, I don't do this very often, but I'd love for you to subscribe. So if you're listening to this on your Apple player, you just go to the podcast app and click sub subscribe. If you're listening to it like on another player, like an Android, like Stitcher, or even Spotify, you can actually follow along and make sure you, every episode is sent to you so you can get notifications because we really want to serve you. And those subscriptions matter because that's how you tell people that this is really a great show and hopefully you like it. And also, if you could leave us a review, any review 
thank you. I, I really appreciate those reviews you leave on iTunes because it lets people know if this is something they should pay attention to. So I really appreciate those of you who leave reviews. It's really inspiring for me. We do this for free. This is something we do to give to you, the people that run and write books. So we want to inspire you. And I want you to pay a special attention. We are running something really exciting and new. We are opening up our programs for our new Breakthrough to Bestseller. And we're looking for leaders just like you who are thinking, now is the time to write my book. I know I need help. I know I need guidance. And I just need to know what I need to start with. And this program starts from A to Z to go from idea to finished manuscript so you can have your book out in the world. So you want to go onto our webpage, authorsleague.com, look for programs, and find out more about it. You can apply there. You can learn more about all the offerings we have, and you can become a published author in 2021. If you're listening to it in the future, whatever year it is, we want to help you be just like the authors you've listened to on the show from time to time, and also be a inspiration to other people out in the world. So thank you again for listening, and we look forward to more listener questions in the near future. Thank you for listening again to another episode of Authors Who Lead. We appreciate you being here, and we hope you subscribe so you get this delivered to your device every week. And if you haven't left us a review, please do so. It really helps. And if you have a book in your heart, you've been wanting to write a book, please go to authorswholead.com and join us on this journey of becoming a published author. 